five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. So, do you want to send your DNA to space, like to orbit or the moon? No, really, you can already do that. LifeShip is a California-based startup offering that service. And they have already sold thousands of their kits to collect your DNA. Hear about their story from founder Ben Haldeman, who was also an early employee at Planet, a well-known Earth observation company. Enjoy. My name is Raphael Rodkin, and I'm an investor and advisor to space companies. Just as a reminder, this podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing should be taken as investment advice. This podcast is sponsored by Nanoavionics, a satellite manufacturer and mission integrator. Their technologies enable many space companies worldwide to offer services that improve life right here on Earth, such as providing global connectivity, conducting Earth observation, or contributing to scientific discoveries. Check them out, and also check out my episode with their CEO and co-founder. Sadly, I am not a rocket scientist, but I am an alumnus of the International Space University. ISU offers a number of educational programs about space worldwide. Check them out at isunet.edu. And just some final things before we start the episode about ourselves. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Spotify. If you want us help expand our work, you can do so and support us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. And we'll also put that link in the episode notes. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Hey, space enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of the Space Business Podcast. Our guest today is Ben Haldeman, and he's the founder and CEO of a space startup called LifeShip. Welcome, Ben. Hey, Raviel. Good to be here. Yeah, excited to chat. Great. Yeah, same, same here. So let's start as usual. Could you please give us the elevator pitch on LifeShip, please? Yep. So LifeShip's a mission to take humanity to the stars. We're starting with DNA biobanks in space, because if you were going to take a million people to the to another solar system, it would probably involve taking DNA and biobanks or, or fertilized eggs, but it's it's gonna involve biological materials getting sent to space. So we've started with uh, DNA biobanks in space because I'm I'm uh, in the Agile aerospace and starting small and, uh, and we both have a consumer product for people to add their DNA and their life story, as well as a bigger mission to, uh, to, to preserve the DNA of all different species from Earth and the story of humanity. Kind of like a Noah's Ark, I guess. Also, I Noah's like Ark in, those. Yeah. In, in, in case we like mess up this planet, <laughs> we'll have like humanity. Yeah, so there, there's, there's two parts. It's, it's an off-world backup, which, you know, makes sense. There are, there are existential risks. But uh, the bigger thing is that it's a hopeful mission for humanity to create the seeds of Earth and spread life in the universe. And that maybe that is our our biggest role here is to continue life in the, in the, uh, and ripple life across the galaxy. So yeah, I see it as a hopeful inspirational mission. 
Okay, so this of course begs the question. Uh, typically, you know, we have guests on this show, and they're like, you know, they're starting some, let's say, Earth observation company, and then this question is like, hey, why did you start your Earth observation company? Oh, you used to work at an Earth observation company, which I think, by the way, you did as well. And so it's like, it's less clear to me here. It's like, how did you come up with this? And I see like maybe like some. Sci- I think this was like an Interstellar, the movie. They were like sending DNA around. It was in some other sci-fi works. But how how did you come up with this? Yeah, I worked on instruments to look for life on Mars in grad school at Berkeley. And then I spent eight years building big telescopes to find exoplanets around other planets, around other star systems. And then I was one of the early employees at Planet Labs. We built over 300 satellites to image the whole Earth. So I, I looked for life out there. I looked for places where life could could exist or could one day go. One day go. And then turn the telescopes around and use use space to help Earth at Planet Labs. And after Planet, I took a, took a bit of a time. I... I Felt like I was meant to start a company, but I didn't want to force it and just make up a, another satellite company. And I spent time in the rainforest down in Central America. And on one of the trips down to the, down to the rainforest, I was deep in the rainforest. I meditated under this giant grandmother tree on this like eight hour journey by myself in the rainforest. And in this meditation, I saw like I, I viscerally like deeply embodied saw the story of life evolving on Earth and coming out of the ocean onto land up into the air and that life filled out every niche of the ecosystems here on earth and that the earth wanted to reproduce and wanted to spread the seeds of life beyond and the earth was ready to bloom so the earth grew humans with with the purpose of solving the technological challenges and that that's why we're here and then all of a sudden it was like oh you're here to create the seeds to spread life life in the universe and uh so yeah i feel like the rainforest and the forest and the earth gave me this mission and from that moment on i was like i'm here to create the seeds and yeah and that could turn into biobanks like interstellar or it could turn into actual seeds that are that are meant to to spread life but uh the the whole path towards spreading life in the universe and making it inspirational mission that that all of, that's inclusive and that that all of humanity can participate in okay so, so so walk us through the path from from that inspiration to to product right because my understanding is you have a product that's available right now yep. Yep. Yeah, I went through, you know, I was one of the early engineers at Planet Labs, and we really were essentially writing the book on agile aerospace and, um, and reinventing how satellites are put into space. And, uh, and so I started to think about, okay, spreading life in the universe, seeds to the stars, biobanks in space, what is the first agile thing I could do? And, um, and I thought, oh, DNA and information are absolutely tiny, I can start with small capsules and, and start start getting these capsules on different missions to, to space, missions to the moon. And so I, I started getting space on different missions and uh, and designed a tiny capsule and then created a consumer product, which uh, is a kit kind of like 23andMe, but uh, where where you, you get this box and it has a saliva swab, you go through an experience, you go through a survey about your life and your legacy and your purpose and who you are and what you want to be remembered for. And so created a, a product and started selling those. And we've, we've, yeah, did, did some, uh, marketing campaigns online and sold about 3000 of them. Um, and, and then now we've launched the space twice. And so it's really been a step-by-step, uh, get people on board and send more and more stuff to space. So basically people can right now buy one of those kits and then they somehow get, I guess, uh, get their DNA. I mean, it's just like 23andMe where you like 
you spit in a vial and it, they send it back to you or how does it work? You go online, you order a kit. Uh, right now, our introductory kits are $99. So we're making this affordable for our mass market. Our mission is is to get millions of people part of this. And uh, so you get a kit that has a saliva swab. You, you, you swab your mouth. Um, it comes with everything to send that back. You register online and go through an online experience. That experience will become more and more like AI interviewing you about your life story and writing your biography, and then eventually uh, AI creating your your virtual avatar. So it's it's like uh, becomes more and more like you're uploading your consciousness too. Um, and so you mail that back to us, and then we extract your DNA out of your cells, and then your actual real biological DNA goes on these missions. And and you get to watch the rocket launch. You get the the, the lander. Going Going to the moon has live video on it. So it's a participatory space experience. And then once we've delivered and have a cool community experience, then we'll have a subscription where you can become a member and you can launch on a rocket every couple of months to different locations and continue to build out your story and add your photos. And it becomes the time capsule and forever like personal golden record of you to send you to the stars. And so so you have paying customers already who have bought these kits, right? So you, you have collected dna already and so has this has this has this flown to space yet and if so how many you know, yeah. subjects or whatever we should call it so we flew um you have the dragon capsule in the background we flew on crew four and crew five which were both astronaut missions to the international space station and the astronauts launched on the spacex falcon 9 rocket and on board with the four astronauts was one of our capsules on both of these missions. So we've flown up to the International Space Station twice, and we had about a thousand people on board that and about 500 other species. So this may be uh, the first off-world biobank. Um, and and that, yeah, we sent two of them up to the space station. We are on two different rockets to the moon and um, yeah, and a few more missions coming up too. But the ones that went on the, on, on, on the crew missions, so were they in the capsule and then they stayed? So did they come back or did they actually somehow stay in space? They did come back. So these these ones were, um, yeah, it's harder to get stuff to stay on the ISS indefinitely. Uh, they they really yeah. um, care for that. And because these are initial ones, we, are, we send them back down. And then those people's DNA will actually go up in a future one if we go up to the, to the ISS. So we may do one to the ISS, which is the longer term one at some point. Um, and then we'd likely send those same people back up to it because i mean i wonder and i don't know how much sort of uh, direct market research you've done with your customers but i wonder it'd be really interesting to understand the the motivations of the people who who buy these kits and want to send their dna to space right because it could it could be a range of things right it could be sort of like people who are fine with going up to the iss and coming back because it's sort of like hey you know my dna has dna has been to space you know it's whatever but then of course at the extreme end there could be people like again who probably like me have watched too many science fiction movies and read too many science fiction books um, i'll give you another reference which you're also maybe familiar with um have you read the three body problem I, I read the first one yeah okay so i think it's i think it's not in the first one i think it's in the, even the second or third one but basically at some point in time they they sent out the preserved brain just the brain of one of the main characters to be picked up with the hope that it would be picked up by one of the aliens and they would have the technology to basically you know build a body around them and access the brain which then actually happens and i'm, I'm stopping here of spoilers on the book it's an amazing trilogy that everybody should read 
Um, but of course, what I'm getting is at the extreme end, I could imagine people also thinking like, well, maybe, you know, I shoot my DNA. Of course, it doesn't work. It comes back. But maybe on one of your future missions, um, you go out of the solar system at the extreme or something like this. And people could think, well, maybe some super smart alien species could pick up my DNA and then construct another version of me. Um, yeah. The question being, have, have you done this market research or if not, what's your guess of like the, your customer's motivation? Yeah. So we've we've sold through 3,000 of these. We've gotten about... I think like 700 surveys back about why why people did it. So we do have good data. I think the number one reason is is like they love the mission. Like it tickles their brain in a sci-fi way. Uh, they're they're into the the oh let's preserve a copy of Earth in space. Let's like take steps to send send me to the stars and send life to the stars and are, are really part of the mission. And then uh, like part of that or it might be another customer set are like I've always wanted to go to space. I've all I've dreamt my whole life of of going to space and in some way I can now be part of it. And that's a similar market to oh I've always wanted to work for SpaceX or always wanted to work for NASA or uh, so there's people who just want to touch something that goes to space essentially and and be part of it or look up at the moon and know a piece of them made it there so those are maybe two different demographics and then there's another one which is more the the sentimental family or meaningful connection where oh me and my my grandfather are going together and we'll look up and and remember this or I gave this to um gave this to my dad for Christmas and and it's something that that is like memorable and unique and so it does meet that or like a couple goes together and and gets to think about it. And we have ones for pets as well. So you get to remember your pets and put it up there. So there is like the more sentimental and even even like spiritual connect with the cosmos part of that and connect with the universe. Um, yeah. And then some people are like, oh, I want to live forever. And this is a, a, an affordable way kind of like cryogenics to preserve myself. Um, so it does touch audiences from a number of different ways, both from a science space audience and like more spiritual connection, emotional, sentimental. You know, I was and, just, and, uh... and, and, and like part of my goal with this is to equally be able to have our kits for sale in like a planetarium uh, science museum, as well as like a woo-woo crystals, like uh astrology shop and and bridge both audiences that are into more yeah more the spiritual astrology side as well as the the science astronomy side which actually brings me to my my next question so you said you sold three thousands of the three thousand of those kits already that's yep. actually that's a that's that's a reasonably significant number so i mean first of all congratulations on that but then also um in terms of understanding uh, because i i think many of our listeners are potential entrepreneurs or or actual entrepreneurs yeah. like just your lessons what did the go to market look like for i mean how did you market this because that's such a different product right totally so we sold most of those through facebook ads we got them close to break even um we didn't we didn't profit on these these ones but it was a good initial market test and um yeah and then we got a good initial customer base and uh and excited people uh, as part of it and um and now i'm working on refining the story the vision getting videos getting content out um 
so that we relaunch it in a profitable way. Um, and then also I've been, uh, direct to consumer is hard. I'm, I'm confident that we'll get it there and we'll get our customer acquisition costs down. Um, but I've also gotten a fair bit of revenue over the last couple of months from B2B partnerships where we are this space platform, essentially. We're putting capsules across space and time. And there are, there are organizations we're partnering with that want to send a million photos to the moon or want to want to send all their members as part of a community's uh, profiles up there. Um, and so we've been bringing in decent revenue from that. And so I am uh, balancing both this as a, a B2B time capsule as a service, essentially, which I, I see this becoming a whole platform there, um, as well as the direct-to-consumer and building both of those out. So since we are using Facebook ads, which I also have some experience with, I mean, one good thing is there, they obviously allow you allow your very precise targeting. And then you also have a very precise idea what worked, what didn't work. So since you've done this a few thousand times, now and then obviously that means if you three three thousand sales you probably have you may have hundreds of thousands of like impressions um yeah. of these ads was there anything interesting you noticed demographically like what kind of people buy your product yeah so and this may be skewed with facebook but um we got the lowest customer acquisition cost uh, the highest return on ad spend from an older demographic like 55 or 60 plus um and i i think a lot of those uh yeah a lot of those are are People who both think about their legacy, but also have been in the space since the Apollo missions. And so it resonated with that. And then it resonated with, um, you know, 45 to 50 year old, both men and women that felt more like for a gift, uh, for a gift audience. And, uh, and it did best. The only time we got it slightly profitable was when it was Christmas season and holiday season. And so it does, um, yeah, I think the way it's framed right now, it, it 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 attracts people who would maybe do something like name a star in a way where it is a memorable space gift. And there is a whole big market there of people looking for a, a memorable, unique, novel space gift. And so that in a way is like our beachhead customer is uh, someone looking for a gift there as well. Um, yeah. Uh, some of the insights. So, so, so picking up, so the name, the star thing is interesting, right? Because I mean, effectively that's, that's obviously kind of nonsense, right? But you get like, yeah. I think you get yeah. like some sort of certificate, certificate, right? Certificate. And, and millions what, of people have done it. Sure. Yeah. And the people, the people who buy your kid and, and, and send you the DNA, what, what do they get? So they get, they get the kit. The kit comes with a mission patch stickers. It comes with a golden ticket uh, to, to the moon. And then, then you, you, you get invited to the to watch the rocket launch live. Um, you know, you could go in person or or online. You get to watch it land on the moon, and then afterwards, you get a certificate saying the launch date, where it is, your 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 GPS locations on the moon. Um, it's not GPS, but but the location on the moon, and so you get a certificate like saying I was I am here essentially. And a lot of people, there, yeah, there is a whole market of the name of star. It's a certificate you hang on your wall or frame. And there's people who buy a plot of land in Scotland. And there, there's a bunch of these. Um, and so this, yeah, this is an actual real space mission with an actual, okay, this this could be very significant in the story of the universe. And and like as humanity's legacy uh, of continuing life. And um, and yeah, but it's, a, it's an experience. So, so you mentioned the moon there so i guess we should really talk about your future missions because so far again they've been sort of like 
round trip back to Earth missions. But yep. yeah, talk a little bit about what you have in the plans for future missions. Yep. So we're we're partnered with a nonprofit called Arc Mission Foundation that's saving a cultural archive of humanity, and we've included DNA in that, and that launches on uh, with Astrobotic as the lander, and that launches on a ULA Vulcan rocket, and that we've already shipped. It's on the rocket. Uh, Vulcan is 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 Vulcan's first launch, so they're having uh, working out some you know final final yep. bugs and stuff. So that should launch this year. Us. Second stage. Yep. Yep. Um, that should launch this year. And then we have one of our own capsules on Firefly, and that's planned for launch next year. Um, yeah, mid next year. And then we're getting on a rover Astrolab, and that'll launch on a Starship rocket. And so that, that'll be on a rover. So we have three moon missions. One will be on a rover, but that's probably not until about 2026. Um, Firefly is next year, and uh, and the Astrobotic one should be this year. And then we're actually on a mission going out of the solar system, which I, you know, I thought getting out of the solar system would take five or 10 years for me to get on one of those missions. But uh, we're on with Astroforge, which is an asteroid mining company. They're doing an asteroid flyby mission next year. And we're on that. And that'll actually continue out of the solar system in about 30, 35 years. Um, but we're, we're launching next year to, to, to a, yeah, true Voyager style mission where we're system and on that one um we care about the responsible use of space and um we're not putting uh biological dna on that one um but we are putting digital dna on that one and digital information and stuff um just because we want to yeah take a responsible step into not contaminating the universe but also uh also i see that there's a path towards humanity wanting to spread life and so we want to we want to be thought leaders in that and take a responsible path on that but leaving the solar system is super excited and we're we're working on how we uh how we turn that mission into a big mission for humanity so when you're saying digital you basically just somehow put the dna sequence the sequence of the basis on there yeah so that'll be that'll be more because we have to sequence the dna um, and and add the digital sequence your ACTG your your basic sure track. sure and, so, and are those um, are those missions already on sale right now uh, we're doing the moon ones are you can get on the moon ones but the one out of the solar system I'm working on how we what the product offering is there and how we're doing that okay and, and the moon ones um, what are the what's the price for the moon ones all the moon ones are $99 uh, $99 to send your DNA to the moon. And then we, we do have VIP higher products, um, but we don't have those on the website. And so the one that's going out of the solar system, of course, that's kind of an interesting one um, with regard to something we already talked about before, the sort of hypothetical possibility, like the golden record, right? That it gets yep. picked up at some point in time. Um, but then I guess, do you you should also give them, let's say some aliens pick them up, right? If you just give them the DNA sequence, you have to give them the um, the code as well, right? So do you, do you include like a manual of how the genetic code works, how it, how it trans, uh, transcripts and um, translates into, you know, amino acids? Assets and then what that means. That's a good good point. We have we have all of Wikipedia on there, so that that might include some bit. But yes, we'll, we'll uh, we want to have essentially like a Rosetta Stone of this is how you understand our language. This is under how you understand our biology. This is this is a record of human knowledge. Um, and then one of the things we're working on also is including a AI large language model on it. 
because if aliens send us probes, we, they probably would communicate to us by sending an, an artificial intelligence that was able to communicate with us. And so we're at that point where, um, yeah, it, any significantly intelligent species is probably going to be communicating with an AI. And so we're at the point where we can send out a large language model and, um, and on this, like, uh, send instructions on how to boot that up and run it. And, um, and then whoever found this could communicate uh, with something that, that, yeah, that communicates like a human with them. Yeah, fair enough. And so these are effectively, I mean, leaving aside the, um, the extra solar mission, uh, the rest is effectively biomaterials. Is there any sort of, you know, additional you know, bureaucratic hurdles or clearance you have to go through? I mean, it sounds like even to the moon, you're sending the biomaterials. Is that a straightforward no. thing to do? The, the moon is pretty straightforward. Um, there is, uh, uh, so, so NASA has planetary protection guidelines and they've opened up the moon for most biological materials uh, or opened up the moon for biological materials with the exception of the polar regions where there's ice and, uh, and frozen water. You, you can't send just anything to the ice caps at this point, but NASA has opened it up to send pretty much anything to the, to most of the surface of the moon to send something to Mars, which uh, we want to do that. That is trickier. Um, and DNA, if it's encapsulated, right. And enclosed, we think that we'll be able to get it on, on to Mars um, because also DNA can't reproduce. And it is, uh, it's just a molecule that can't, um, that would just break down over time. Um, and so we think we'll be able to get, and we've had conversations around it that we think we'll be able to get uh, a DNA bank to Mars, um, but that'll be trickier. And uh, the moon is pretty open right now. Okay, and and speaking of these trips to the moon and the Mars, of course, the other difference to the trips you've done so far is that you're going into a high radiation environment. I mean, wouldn't that just degrade the DNA over time or, or is it somehow protected? Yeah, so the DNA, we preserve the DNA on this archival membrane and we embed that in a polymer we call synthetic amber polymer inside a metal capsule. The metal capsule provides some radiation protection. We mount this, uh, this capsule on the underside of a big plate on the lander. And so that big plate provides further radiation because all the radiation comes from the sun direction. So if it's under a plate, then the, the plate uh, blocks a lot. So it does have fairly good radiation blockage, a good chunk of metal um, blocking it. Um, but over time, we, we could drill these down into the surface of the moon, put them in uh, underground, put them in a lava tube or put them in a permanently shadowed region where they, they get further protection. Um, and this is part of our agile process is this first one, uh, DNA on earth. We've found DNA almost, I think over 2 million years old, we've decoded DNA. And so DNA can last a long time. Um, we haven't found dinosaur DNA on earth yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, we think this, this should last at least 10,000 years. Your DNA should be recoverable for. And so beyond uh, the moon missions and then the, the extra solar system mission, I guess in your vision, if you look 10 years out, where, where do you see life ship? Yeah. So uh, within, within genomics, there's been two market segments, uh, really, or, or yeah, there's been essentially learn about your health and learn about your ancestry. And I think we're this new kind of genomics company that is the future and where are you going? Um, and it's about, uh, yeah, and that there will be 
a forever record of humanity. And that for many people, and it's not just space people, um, it will no longer make sense to die and disappear without a trace. You'll want to pass on your photos, your memories, you'll want to pass on your DNA, and you'll want to pass on your avatar, which can talk like you talk and tell your stories like you tell your stories. And, uh, and so, and you'll want to do that in the right most secure way. And and you'll not want to just do that to space. You'll want to pass that on to your great, great grandkids. So uh, part of the vision here is that we are a digital time capsule of you that secures you on the blockchain um, in a way that no one can just uh, decode you, that your future generations, even if you don't pass on to them a code or anything, can do a DNA test and unlock you and then talk to your avatar and talk to you and get your childhood stories. So it's, and maybe in a hundred years from now, you want to be open sourced and, and tell everyone your stories, or maybe you want to be open sourced anyway. And so, um, it's meant to be the forever record of you and the forever record of yourself that then could also be used to populate a new world and potentially be born again. And, um, and so we're this way to pass you on to the future, to your future generations, and also empower you to decide, do I get used again? Do I, do I, does my twin get grown on, on a new world someday? And so it, it opens up all these different conversations and possibilities around what happens to you in the future. And that this becomes something that many millions of people do. Um, and so that's like our consumer product is, is that. But then I see what we're doing is we're sending probes across space and time, all like thousands of these, millions of these that, that, that go out there across the solar system, across the galaxy, and that this becomes a platform that all different organizations and apps and companies and individuals can be part of that is like connecting life across space and time and or like the operating system of, of space time. And, and that, um, yeah, companies can build eternity-based apps on it. Companies um, can can build stuff to connect people to each other or to future generations, or maybe it's even a platform that that is not human centric. And that is about uh, something that, that other intelligences could connect through. So I see this as this, this space time probe capsule platform that, that uh, yeah, bridge, bridges connection across the universe and, and that all different, all different, a whole ecosystem of companies will be built on top of. I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the digital avatar. Um, somebody, there was one recent episode of, of of another podcast, the Lex Friedman podcast, which you may know as well. Um, and I swear there was a lot of discussion on that. It may have even been the episode with Mark Zuckerberg. I guess Meta would be like such a logical company to yeah. come up with yeah. this, right? Given all of the information they have already. Um, this is a very interesting topic by itself and not exclusively space related. As you said, we could use this on Earth, but then also... Yeah send it to space in terms of other sort of physical products i mean now you have um the dna um then of course in terms of like dead physical products mm -hmm. i think there have been at least a couple of businesses uh, for a few years that uh, where you can send your ashes yep. to space um, which i guess is also like another legacy thing um yep. but for example i mentioned the um you know the example from the three-body problem where they sent a preserved brain uh, and then of course there have been for many years people on earth who've been freezing themselves after death right is is there any do you, do you see any future products like this where you send like a brain or an entire body or somebody who <laughs> insists on that uh potentially so we do dna we do we do ashes as well um and you know i can see a path towards 
towards fertilized eggs. Like lots of, lots of people have, have done in vitro fertilization and have their, have their eggs stored in, in, uh, in freezers and no longer want to use them anymore. And so they, they could include those. Um, <laughs> I haven't thought about pieces of brain, but there's, uh, um, I guess there's possibility for other biological materials that we, we may send up there. Um, and then there's, there's all the different other things people would put in a time capsule as far as like art and photos and memories and, um, kits for, for a wedding where you both, where, where you, you both send your DNA up and your wedding vows. And, um, and so there's also, there's essentially like the hallmark of space where all different sort of memorable experiences or, or gifts or cards or to celebrate different things could have a specific experience associated with it. And then, and then I see a whole personal growth sort of product around this where it really is an opportunity for someone to sit down and think about their life and their legacy and their purpose and, and their story and who they are. And we can use AI to help, um, help people in a growthful personal experience around reflecting on their life and who they are. And coming back to, you know, so the entrepreneurial aspect of this podcast. Um, so, so we also think very often about how these, this kind of startup is funded. I mean, for everything you're telling me and you've had 3000 kids sold already, this could be something that you could even completely bootstrap or how are you thinking about funding your yeah. business? Yeah, I've, Mostly bootstrapped it. I raised a few hundred thousand dollars uh, a couple of years ago, which helped get the product and the initial part marketing pushed. And uh, yeah, and now I'm bringing in revenue from business partnerships of putting content on these. And so I did go down a path of of uh, looking to do a fundraise um, and building towards that. And I'm well pre prepared for that if, if it feels right and feels like the right timing. But I've been starting to bring in more revenue from B2B. And I, I feel like that'll start to then fund making the consumer product profitable. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm focused on on the product, the business, bringing in revenue right now and not not chasing money um, from fundraising. But it's been a, it's been a, a long <laughs> a time. I've had more of a team. Now I have a few advisors that help in different ways and it's mostly me. And, um, and I do feel there's a lot of opportunity here. And if I, um, if I find the right partners that I am willing to bring on, bring on some people that help accelerate this. And just to expand a little bit, you've mentioned the B2B element a few times now, what, what actually is, can you give us some examples, like what kind of no. partners you have for B2B? And then maybe also if you're looking for additional partners, what kind of additional partners you are looking for and yeah. you envision? Totally. Um, so we're partnered with, with a group called Lunark and um, and there Lunark is doing a million photos on the moon and getting uh, organizations and nonprofits from around the world to create a cultural record um, of, of, of humanity through photos. So uh, they, you know, they paid to put a million photos on the moon. Uh, we're partnered with MoonDAO, which is a DAO that has a mission of uh, building a self, self-sufficient, self-sustaining uh, or self-governing, self-sustaining sustaining uh, settlement on the moon by 2030. And that that DAO is uh, engaging their members and putting their constitution on the moon. Thus, um, we're, there's another group called Interstellar Foundation, which is working on like a golden record like message. And we're including that message in the capsule. And, um, and then there's some STEM and STEAM projects that we're working on. I am working on essentially including like tastes of humanity. So drops of chocolate 
chocolate, drops of wine, drops of uh, secret sauce from certain recipes. So brands that have have flavors or other things that we include. And we are like a seed bank and I'm working towards uh, getting special seeds on there that would also bring in revenue, but then also seeds that are representative of humanity. And then there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of art, cultural stuff. There's NFTs that can be done with this. Um, we have all different species and we want to, we're working towards uh, a way to sponsor the different species on board that also goes to preserve ecosystems today. Um, yeah. And there's, there's just different, different, uh, it's also almost like a monument as a service as well, where if there's something where you want to raise money from fundraisers and have a special unique uh, reward level, then their name can get etched into this thing on the moon as a specific reward level. So it's a way to engage people around a space mission. And then we're partnering with other space communities as well, that um, that it's like a space mission as a service for them, where their audience gets to go to space. So all different partnerships for anywhere from content to engaging audiences um, that will go to space and go to the moon. Great. And so kind of closing off here at the end of the episode, um, typically ask, and it's particularly interesting in, in, in your case. So if you weren't doing live share, but I mean, you have obviously quite a bit of experience in the space sector in various roles as you've walked us through, like being an early employee at Planet, but also all of your previous scientific work. So of course you came up with LiveShip um, in the end through this meditative experience, but you, you obviously have a very good view of the space sector at large. So if you weren't doing LiveShip, what do you think you might be doing in the space sector? Yeah, I've I've also invested in several space companies. I get I do some advising. I get get asked to, to be part of a, a different space companies. So it's, it's possible one of them would grab my attention and, and get me more into it. Or, or I could see myself getting involved with uh, with a VC firm and and starting to work with more space companies. I um, yeah, I like being out there. I like meeting all different space companies. I like weaving uh, weaving visions together and helping make connections. And um, so I'm I'm interested in in all that. I do uh, yeah. I I I love um, I love space settlement. I love I love missions that help Earth as well. So um, mine kind of falls. It just feels like the absolute perfect thing. That's both about Earth and about life and about humanity as well as about space and and big visions um but i think i, I think maybe there'd be something come along that that would have excited me otherwise yeah and in terms of the, like you know settling a space um we're also both investors in interstellar lab in france which if all goes yep. well is going to allow us to grow crops in other places yep. which i guess yep. it's some, yeah. Inter similar interstellar is bring, one bring, of bring, bring our life to to other places <laughs> Yep. Yep. Interstellar Lab is is definitely one of my favorite companies, uh, and and it just feels so yeah so aligned with what uh, with, with my vision around life and space and um and it's similar. The Interstellar Labs building uh building biopods to grow plants in space, and I'm growing seed or building seed capsules to preserve the seeds and spread the seeds of our space. Yeah. Yeah. And coming full circle, I mean, I feel like we've talked about science fiction a lot already, but that is always the last question on. The this podcast is basically about favorite science fiction you have and it could be any it could be movies tv series books yeah right now i'm reading hail mary um andy Ware, and and that that's mm -hmm. captivating me so in this moment i'm most excited about that and um you know, again there's there's so much that i'm working on that weaves into a lot of different sci-fi and so um it's cool to see that good that one i must admit i haven't read yet but it's certainly hail mary is certainly on my list ben thank you so much for coming on and 
And oh, very last question I should have asked you before. Um, if people want to buy one of your kits, what's the easiest way? Is it going to your website? Yes, lifeship.com. Okay, good. And we'll also put that yep. in the episode notes. So Ben, yep. thank you very much. Anyone... Best of luck with the future missions. Okay, thanks for having you. Good to chat. Well, that's it for another nominal episode of the Space Business Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Also consider supporting us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. If the podcast got you interested in learning more about the business opportunities in the space economy, check out my new online course on space entrepreneurship on udemy.com. The link is in the episode description. Lastly, if you have any feedback, including ideas for guests, and that may include yourself if you have an exciting space story to tell or interested in being a sponsor, drop us an email at spacebusinesspodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing you for the next episode.